Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Are we being priced out of the accessibility to fertility issues? Yes, we are. This is ridiculous to me. I feel like a sentence that I've said quite a lot is that, oh, I don't want kids till I'm 32. Or 33. Mm. And the age has kept going up. Like, is it a privileged sentence to be saying that kind of thing these days? Hi guys, welcome back to Tea at Four. I'm Lauren. And I'm Christy. As this month's episodes are all around body literacy and encouraging women to get to know their bodies, we only thought it was right to tackle the conversation of fertility. Fertility may not be something that we think about now, but I do feel like it's important that we are educated so that we have more options in the long run. So for today's episode, we were joined by Poppy Jamie, who walks us through what it's like to go through fertility treatment. She also told us how to improve our overall egg health, but how we could be out of sperm by 2045. That is actually crazy. 2045. Mad. So yeah, it was a really interesting conversation and we hope you enjoy it. So Poppy, you're here with us today for our fertility episode. Would you mind introducing yourself to our audiences, please? Um, Hi guys. Very excited to be here to talk about fertility. My name's Poppy Jamie. I'm an author, I'm an entrepreneur, and I have a podcast uh, about all things mental health and mostly women's health too. I'm quite excited. Um, I do feel like the topic we're talking about today is one that's not spoken a lot on. It doesn't surface the group chats no, very much. No, like you talk about contraception, sex, self-pleasure, but then we actually don't really dive deep into like the know about about fertilities. And I think this is the problem because we are all educated about how not to get pregnant. Yeah. I have spent my entire life terrified of getting pregnant, to- talking about contraceptive. I have taken the morning after pill so many times it feels like a smarty at this point. <laughs> and <laughs> I should, probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I love it. But, That's funny. but I have only recently started to realize how difficult it is to actually get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I think this is when the fertility conversation starts to be um, actually quite shocking because I started to become interested in my fertility at 32, okay. uh, which is last year. But I really wish someone had started to educate me about fertility a decade ago, mm-hmm. if not more, yeah. because I've started to realize that the last 10 years, have impacted where I am now, which is with a diagnosis of uh, low fertility, Mm. uh, premature ovarian decline. And um, you start to realize there are so many factors that are influencing this general decline in fertility we're seeing globally um, because our health is deteriorating. And this is the thing, we don't actually know how to make a baby. We just know how to stop us from making a baby. I think that's the big thing. Like. There's not much awareness. I think we're, we all have a bit of a fear of the unknown when it comes yeah. to fertility. The conversations I do have with my friends are around like, oh, well, I probably should have maybe got pregnant in that occasion, but I had a near miss. Does that mean I'm infertile? And then mm-hmm. the conversation just keeps kind of happening until I guess you think about going to conceive. And then as you explain, it's a bit too late. Was this a conversation you were having like with your friends, people around you? Did you have to go seek medical help or did you go online? What was your kind of process in finding this out? It was quite strange because I remember waking up in the middle of the night having this thought, oh, I should get my fertility checked. I'm 32. Mm. At the time, I wasn't in a relationship. Mm. And it was suddenly the age when, you know, we talk about the biological clock and I kind of tried for as long as I possibly could to deny that there was even such thing as a biological clock Uh, because you know I cared about my career I wanted to accomplish xyz I wanted to go visit these these countries I wanted to do all the things and I didn't want to acknowledge that maybe my biology would prevent me from doing that Um, and um, 
and so this idea of fertility started to kind of creep up in my subconscious and then I spoke to a friend who was a year older than me and was telling me how she hasn't been able to get pregnant for three years and this was actually quite shocking I thought oh it it it's 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 a problem people struggle to get pregnant because yeah. if you're not in that age group it's just so irrelevant yeah. right i was just trying to still work out how i even found a date let alone yeah. you know anything else in mm-hmm. this cycle mm-hmm. um and i thought well you know what i'll just go and get my fertility checked and i just assumed the doctor was going to go you're great yeah. and I would go along my way. Yeah. Um, and it's really difficult to get your fertility checked on the NHS. So I had to go and find a private fertility check. Um, and there's a couple of companies that do online that are, you know, it's a cost, but it's doable. Okay. Um, and, um, but I decided that um, I wanted to actually go and sit with someone in person. And that was a bit more expensive because you can either do a test, uh, for example, a company called Hertility, mm-hmm. do these great at home tests. And on the day three of your period, you uh, can, you know, takes a kind of swab of your blood and then you can send it back to the labs and okay. then they will give you an indication of your fertility by checking your different hormone levels. Okay. And again, this is also my introduction into hormones because I had no real idea about Mm. how different hormones can indicate how fertile you are. And so there's this hormone called AMH, your anti-malarian hormone. Never had heard of this hormone prior. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And um, and so the fertility test was a two-step process. The Mm -hmm. first step was a blood test where they wanted to check my FSH, your Mm -hmm. follicle-stimulating hormone, and your AMH, your Mm -hmm. anti-malarian hormone. And those numbers give an indication, a snapshot in time um, of potentially how, you know, where your fertility lies. And then the second part of a fertility check, if you go in person, is you have an ultrasound which is essentially kind of an ultrasound device that goes into your vagina and then checks to see how many follicles you have on your ovaries. Yeah. I didn't even know what follicle was. So I just thought our ovaries had an egg. Yeah. But actually, that's not the case. Our inside our ovaries, we have follicles, and inside these follicles are where our immature eggs start to develop. And every single cycle, you have a number of follicles in each ovary, mm-hmm. which then uh, release those eggs or that dominant egg at the right. time of ovulation. And then, if it isn't fertilized, it then is obviously released in your period. Mm-hmm. So uh, you would hope, uh, you know, at a kind of, you know, under 35, let's say, you'd have a good amount of follicles um, inside your ovaries. Mm -hmm. But when I first got checked, they couldn't find very many at all. And uh, so the doctor started asking me loads of questions. Do you have heavy periods? Because if you are prone to endometriosis or if you have, you know, if you've got very heavy, painful periods, often you will have seen a gynecologist. You'd have seen um, someone who would have spoken you you through kind of ovarian health. But I hadn't had any of these. My periods had been totally fine. They all had been quite regular throughout my life. So that's why I just assumed I was really fertile and I could pretty much just delay the decision of Mm -hmm. needing to have a child to, I know I was 40 because I I knew a woman who had child at 42. I knew someone had a child at 43. So I thought I was totally fine. And obviously then as as the story unfolds, the doctor sat down and said, I have a fertility age of someone who's a decade older than me. So actually she'd be looking at the levels that she was seeing in my body. She would probably see in a woman who's about 42. Oh my gosh. And I was obviously so shocked. Yeah. I find that quite like interesting. And it's kind of scary that how um, you see you can go to like a sexual health clinic. You can get, you can do home testing of STIs and like you can go to get your cervix Mm -hmm. screening. Why don't they just include those type of processes in those kind of appointments just so that people are aware earlier? That's it, just a general awareness rather than waiting till in the middle of the night it hits you. And you've only got a reference point, I guess, of like that 40 year old person you know that's had a baby Mm -hmm. later on in life. Right, exactly. And this is what I feel really passionate about, Mm -hmm. that we need to educate our friends, our cousins, our family, all about kind of fertility and just getting checked earlier because you could be fine. Mm -hmm. You could go, you could have your AMH checked and it's perfect numbers and you just go, woohoo, it's all good. A bit like if, for example, STD, you get an STD check, all clear, all good, brilliant, on we go. 
but for example, if you do, if you are vulnerable to low fertility, mm-hmm. and there are so many reasons why this could be, mm-hmm. then at least you have choices. Yeah. yeah. And if I had let it go any longer, then I was told I could end up infertile without the choice to have children. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm not ready to have children, I'm not, my life is not in a place where I'm ready to have a child right now. Yeah. But I want to have the choice because I want to be a mother at some point. Yeah. And I think that we are, um, doing such a disservice to women currently because there is such a lack of education, there's such a lack of awareness. And to your yeah. brilliant point, there is such a lack of services yeah. and accessibility to this information that we should know about our bodies. 100%. Mm-hmm. I know you're kind of describing this as an individual case as well, but I know as a woman that's kind of peeped into this whole subject, there is a general fertility crisis that's happening, isn't there? And I know obviously men don't have that biological clock but are environmental factors affecting all of us absolutely and also there is a huge myth to bust here Mm. which is that men do have a biological clock right sperm health does decline with age Mm. and yes it is possible to have a child and father a child at the age of 70 years old but does that mean you're going to have a completely healthy child Maybe not, because as age, and also if you're not looking after yourself, for example, I interviewed an amazing reproductive expert um, who's called Dr. Helen Mm O'Neill, and she's the founder of a brilliant uh, fertility company called Hertility. And she was saying that she, um, in in her PhD, they looked at sperm under a microscope, and they uh, looked at sperm that hadn't been exposed to vaping, and the sperm were swimming around, and then they looked at sperm having been exposed to vaping and the sperm were barely moving and so sperm health is declining Mm. um there's an expert called dr shana swan who wrote the book countdown and she is a population um, epidemiologist and uh, has been looking at the decline in sperm count since the 90s and she's found that sperm is declining nearly two percent every single year and even suggests that we are going to be out of sperm by 2045 wow and you and so i'm fascinated to ask the question but why why is men's sperm count dropping Mm -hmm. and also why are more women experiencing uh, more fertility struggles and you have to look into environmental factors diet and lifestyle yeah Yeah. I would love to ask a bit more about your fertility treatment journey um, but also the way you've decided to document that on social media Um, it obviously has helped get the conversation around here but how have you found have you found it hard to kind of show it all, I guess, because you don't, you're not glamorizing it, but you're also wanting to show the brutalities of what comes with it? So when I first got diagnosed, and then when I had my first round of egg freezing, I felt a tremendous amount of shame. Oh. And and I think that's because firstly, I hadn't really heard that many people talk about it openly. Okay. And so it felt, well, if no one, and I knew people who had done it. So I thought, well, if no one's talking about it openly, why are we not having a conversation? Should we feel that this is really private? Yeah. Yeah. And then I felt shame because I think that at some point on a really deep kind of subconscious level, I think that women are very much seen as obviously because we create babies, right? Mm -hmm. And so I suddenly thought, well, who am I? if I'm not gonna be very good at creating babies. I've just been told that I have low fertility. So am I just deeply unattractive? And I was single at the time. I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, maybe I'll never get in a relationship because who would wanna date me if if I can't produce? And it was, and, and it, it's cra- it's it's crazy talk in some ways mm. because you know I've built two businesses I've written a book I'm you know yeah. why would I be um, attaching my value mm. on something which is feels kind of just so ancient right mm. you know w- women we've had so much progress in our ability to be these humans that didn't just have to be these gendered humans we could yeah. just be these humans that wanted to do different things and follow our desires and be able to not have ambitions and not mm. just be mothers and yeah. thank god for all those women that helped us be mm. in the positions we are now right yeah. but at the same time i did have this kind of shame yeah and um 
And um, so I grappled with it for a few months and really didn't share much about it. Um, I filmed the whole um, first treatment. So I had all this content, which again felt weird to me because usually if I filmed content, I'll just put it out. Yeah. Um, and for some reason I was holding it back. Um, and at the moment I'm, 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 I'm working on a couple of kind of more long form projects around this topic. Um, and so I thought, oh no, I'll just wait, I'll just wait. And then I had to redo my egg freezing process. I just do, I did not really redo it, but I did it for a second time. And uh, and I had kind of just really explored this shame. Why do I feel shame? Mm-hmm. And one was able to, and then was kind of able to break through the shame and realize just how ridiculous that is. And actually, if I can't have children, then there are many other options, you know, and um, and I had to really come to terms with that and actually feel happy with that. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to um, be very open with yeah. this next yeah. round of egg freezing. And it's been incredible, the conversations it's, open, it's opened up and the amount of people that have reached out. And and again, egg freezing is an expensive process yeah. and, you know, and had to really save up for it and all the things that I thought I was saving up for. I have now had to take a way back seat <laughs> right. um, and I had to use that those funds for this um, for this kind of for this egg freeze, freezing procedures but I couldn't be more grateful yeah. to science and technology it's not a perfect treatment by any means but I couldn't be more grateful that science and technology have created a procedure that could help us preserve our fertility for longer mm. and mean that we have more choices for longer. Yeah, it's incredible. So like through the process of your fertility test and going through the documenting that you're doing, um, how has the support been? Have people reached out more after more? Is that more people talking about it? Is it more conversations you bring up with your friends? Um, yes, I've had so many people reach out and 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 now I feel that this is the main topic between me and my friends. I just was with some friends this weekend and I feel I must have spoken about it to every single woman that was there yeah. because it is something that's affecting all of us. And actually more men have come and spoke to me as well because, okay. you know, I, I, because I think men are looking into freezing their sperm now. And also um, a lot of men are, realize that this is something the girlfriend has to go, gonna have to go through. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so I think this is a topic that is affecting everyone. And, you know, even if you're a mother, even if you're in your 40s or your 50s, you may have a child that is, you know, thinking about having a child. Um, or, you know, I think the, it's something that um, Scott Galloway, um, who's a podcaster and an academic, a professor, what he talks about is we're in a mating crisis. Mm-hmm. Mm. Women can't find appropriate mating partners and men can't find appropriate mating partners and more people are single than ever. And the statistics say that more people are having less sex than ever yeah. before. So, you know, prior to all even the fertility, it's even just, you know, finding a relationship you feel that you would want to bring mm. another human being into. And that's kind of having its own crisis. Yeah. So I think this to- topic is very relevant to all different ages. Yeah. yeah. How long does the whole process take in... I, I guess you've shown the, you'd have to show it all. Well, you don't have to show it all, but you have the positive moments and then the harder moments. What toll does that take on you physically and mentally? So egg freezing lasts for roughly two weeks okay. and you're essentially stimulating your body with hormones mm-hmm. for the first half of your of your cycle. Mm-hmm. of your menstrual cycle. And, um, and you have, you start taking um, a set of injections to essentially um, allow your body to overstimulate the eggs um, in your ovaries inside the follicles. So because what happens usually on a cycle, you have um, a couple of dominant eggs or one dominant egg and the other follicles that are not going to be needed just, you know, kind of dissolve. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a a doctor can say that (laughs) technically. But this is a very kind of general explanation. Mm. But that what the drugs do is mean that every follicle develops an immature egg. So it means that when it cut, when you come to your retrieval, you can extract as many eggs as possible okay. and freeze them. And so on average, um, doctors would really hope to extract 15 eggs, if not more, per cycle. Oh. And that would mean that, you know, you would, I don't know, hopefully stimulate kind of seven, seven or eight follicles on each right. side. Um, rather than just one Mm -hmm. and um, so you're usually taking an injection in the morning and in the evening 
and uh, and then after a certain few days you're you go in every other day to get blood tests done and have a scan yeah. to see that your hormones are rising as they should right. and uh, you're and you're and essentially you are increasing your estrogen a lot so depending on how your body reacts to a lot of estrogen is really how this process will feel so some people are great on lots of estrogen they feel really energized and other people feel really emotional or other people feel really tired yeah. So egg freezing very much, the effect of egg freezing very much changes depending on how your body responds to hormones. Yeah. Mm. Um, and then at a certain point in the stimulation, you will then have to take another injection, which basically prevents your eggs from being released. Because mm. the last thing you want is to grow all these follicles and you know, these immature eggs within the follicles and for them to be released before your retrieval day. Wow. Yeah. Oh and then 36 hours before your retrieval, you'll do your trigger injection, which um, which then completely prepares the body oh. for uh, operation that you go through a general anesthetic. Mm. You get put to sleep totally painless is the easiest part of the whole thing totally painless and you wake up 45 minutes later yeah. and your eggs have been extracted wow. um, and then you are told how many are mature enough to be f to be frozen wow. yeah and um and this is where it can be quite emotionally challenging because you could think you had one number of eggs mm -hmm. and then actually find out you have a different number eight able to be frozen because they could they can only froze mature eggs mm -hmm. so if they've extracted slightly immature eggs those are not those not used and wow. those have to be kind of you know thrown yeah. away yeah. and um and the younger you are the your chances of re retrieving more eggs in a cycle goes higher yeah. Yeah. so in a way this is in a way i hope that the cost of egg freezing comes down mm -hmm. and so it means that women at younger ages can freeze their eggs mm -hmm. and then you don't have the biological clock, clock pressure so much yeah. uh, because you're not on this time scale of when you can or cannot, you know, get pregnant before. Yeah, mm. I think as well, it's interesting. I guess me thinking about that a couple of years ago when I was single, maybe people wait till they're in a relationship when they start thinking about these things. Like, mm. should it be even a greater thing for people that are on their own or... I think so. I first did it when I was single. Yeah. And I just it just gave me quite a lot of reassurance knowing mm -hmm. that I'm not on this crazy clock to find someone. That's and it. actually yeah. I can take my time and choose a partner that mm -hmm. feels right. Yeah, I feel like a sentence that I've said quite a lot is that um, you know, oh I don't want kids till I'm thirty two or mm. 33 yeah. and the age has kept going up like is it a privileged sentence to be saying that kind of thing these days like is our our bodies maybe aren't catching up with the modern times like, I know worry isn't the word but a care at what age do you think is like I should be worried about that thing or mm. I should be thinking about my fertility I think the younger we can start having the conversation around fertility the better mm -hmm. because when we are educated about something we then give ourselves choices and to me education is empowerment mm -hmm. and that is what I hope for every man and woman and um, person because we I want everyone to live the life they want to live mm -hmm. um, and we don't want to get to a point in our life when suddenly doors have shut just because we haven't been told something. Yeah. yeah, I think, but all these things that you're bringing up, even you describing your process of looking into your fertility and maybe going through private healthcare rather than what's available in the NHS, are we being priced out of um, the accessibility to fertility issues? Yes, we are. Yeah. And mm. that is why we all need to use our vote and our voice mm -hmm. right. to make sure this becomes more accessible. Because this is ridiculous to me. Right. To me, this yeah. is mental. Yeah. yeah. Because this should be an issue the government wants to help us with. This is a collective problem. We need children. I was just told this morning that a hundred schools are closing this year because there's not yeah. enough children in the classroom. Yeah. And a lot of schools, like multi-faith schools, are now not multi like single-faith schools or like mm. girls' schools are having to mix now because they ain't got the funding for the from the government and right. also there's not enough kids in the classes for them to kind of like continue on into the years and i find that crazy 
because we we desperately need, need yeah. kids to be born because we have a crazy aging population yeah. where who's going to look after us when we're old when we have no children mm-hmm. being born and so i am all for women choosing not to have children because they don't want children it's their choice yeah. but when it's involuntary childlessness and they want children they can't because of biological reasons or they can't have access to ivf to me that is so unjust yeah so when when should the conversation start like is it a school thing is it like i don't know teens is it when you're starting puberty because i can think about the the conversations you have in school and that's probably not the time where i'm like retaining all this information about oh in 20 years time when i'm thinking about having a child when am i going to be the most fertile and things like that so how do we incorporate this conversation into like everyday lives well, it's interesting, and I do think about this a lot. And I, I, I actually think that at school age, you are aware enough mm. to be able to differentiate between um, fertility and also sex ed. Right. Sex ed being this is this is how you do not get pregnant. This is what sex is. This mm. is what happens during sex, and also this is your fertility and what contributes to your fertility. Mm-hmm. What is ovarian health? We're never taught about our ovaries. No. And actually, how do we preserve our ovarian health? Yeah. Because those ovaries at one point are gonna create hopefully children if you want them. Yeah. And how do we make sure that we are looking after ourselves to look after the generation next? Yeah. And I think again, like, I was never really educated about that about what I do to my body now is potentially gonna have an impact on my kids. Yeah, that's true. It's like you say about the vaping thing as well. (laughs) And I've got an irk with vaping, I'll just (laughs) say it now. Um, I I just wish that the younger generations have that general care for just these kind of things and how it's gonna affect us in the long run. I do feel like as you see how compulsory maths, English and sciences, I feel like general health yeah, health and social care should be compulsory too. Right. Because if nobody tells you about these things, you're not gonna be, you're not gonna care. And yeah. if let's say your favorite celebrity doesn't speak on a certain topic, who's gonna influence you yeah. to at least touch on these type of subjects and stuff? So I um I set up a mental health company nice. nearly nine years ago wow. before anybody wanted to talk about mental health and um and I feel like we are kind we we are there in the co- where I was in mental health 9 years ago is where I find myself now again with fertility mm-hmm. okay. with everyone going oh what was that 9 years ago nobody spoke about mental health yeah. no one understood how different your mental health can be from a day-to-day basis or what Mm -hmm. impacts your mental health or the fact that we need to talk about it in order to help us manage it. Yeah. Um, This was all very much conversation that's happened relatively recently. And I feel that fertility is is, is hopefully going to be that next conversation where we start to understand it. Because even if you don't care about children, it's really just a biomarker of health. Because if your fertility is, you know, on the decline, which mine was prematurely, then that indicated quite a lot about my health. So, for example, I started to realize that a lot of the wellness advice I'd seen online really wasn't working for me. For example, I... And look, I really respect everyone's decision if you don't want to eat meat, Mm -hmm. but I went vegan. Now, since I have included meat back into my diet... I was able to double the amount of follicles I found on my ovaries and mm. um, inside my ovaries. Yeah. And so I, and, and because I had to, I had to, I, I then went to freeze my eggs uh, and we could talk about that. And I've actually had to freeze my eggs twice because I couldn't get as many eggs as you need okay. out the first time. Yeah. But you know, I had to truly change my lifestyle and I, I was able to actually increase my AMH level. So I included meat again in my diet. I also went on a crazy intermittent fasting. Mm. Um, Fasting is supposed to be amazing, right? Supposed to be. It's supposed to be. It's scientifically. Oh, it wasn't. Really? It's not. Oh, interesting. Now look, there's different reasons why you might, there's different reasons why you might fast. Yeah. Yeah. But I, again, you know, listen to some bros podcast Mm -hmm. that tells me that i should be intermittent fasting my intermittent fasting is the savior of all things yeah i truly seen that title on a bunch of podcasts Uh (laughs) followed it and actually have had to megally stop intermittent fasting and force myself to have breakfast because i trained myself not to be hungry in the mornings 
I was intermittent fasting for four, like four, four years or Same something. Wow. Yeah. And um, and that's when I started to realize women. And again, I'm I know that I'm not going to use these terms like correctly, given there's so many different like gender terms these days. But yeah. like, just to um, just to not confuse things, I'm I'm going to just be quite literal in the sense that a, a woman's body is very different from a man's body mm-hmm. in terms of what we need our hormones, the way that we need to look after our bodies. So for example, women's bodies, like we need to be in a state as much as we possibly can of safety. Mm. Because if, and I and I asked I asked um, a doctor whether this kind of analogy is correct, um, because it's quite general. But if you think about it, go back to kind of prehistoric times. Yeah. If we were running away from a lion, yeah. why would our reproductive system feel that it needs to be active if we were constantly stressed so intermittent fasting puts the body in stress because we are hungry and we are potentially in the wilderness without any food yeah and and actually for our fertility our body needs to feel safe and it's to feel like our needs are being met and we need to feel like we're an environment whereby if we had a child the child would survive Mm -hmm. we're not in a food scarce environment And so I had to really change my entire nervous system because I think I led a very high stress lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I was working like 14 hours a day. I was on an airplane every two weeks. I was intermittent fasting, you know, cold showers, you know, you name the wellness <laughs> trend, I was doing it. Yeah. And actually now realizing, did wellness make me sick? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I we're all... I mean, I don't want to say victims. We're not victims, but I've definitely been part of all them fads. Mm. And at the time I'm thinking, this is helping my weight loss. This is helping my hair growth. This is helping yeah. um, my energy for work. But I'm never thinking, oh, is that going to affect my fertility? Yeah, it's the last thing that you think about. Right? Like, oh yeah, I'm young. I can have babies But whenever. then at the same time, that yeah. privileged thought of me going, oh, I'm going to be able to have babies whenever yeah. I think of. It's, that discrepancy is quite mm. alarming, I guess. So we asked our audience members two questions online. One which was, what did you learn about pregnancy and fertility in school? And the other was, would you consider egg freezing? And the results were quite interesting, right, Lauren? Yeah, I think a lot of it, again, stems back to like those conversations that we had like around pre- like pregnancy and yeah. reproducing. What did you learn about fertility and pregnancy in school? And someone put, um basically nothing about contraceptives any impact that they have on fertility um it was always framed as a woman's issue so um another one said uh i learned to avoid pregnancy with condoms and not much about fertility at all yeah i always get scared about contraceptives we did an episode the other day with um the founder of the lowdown like a contraception contraceptive forum Mm. and i think that's another big conversation is that i don't really know how this works i know we're told that it doesn't affect our fertility Mm. but i am putting something into my body again that i don't know really how it works or the long-term effects maybe we need to be more educated on that as well um and someone also said um my school was really good at teaching us about sex in the female cycle Although I feel we could learn more about what actually happens to you when pregnant. But it's also saying don't get pregnant. So it's like, <laughs> what are we saying? Yeah. Um, another one says, men can have children at any time. It's more difficult for women to get pregnant after 35. Mm. Yeah. Uh, someone said, I learnt that women can get pregnant from having sex with men. That's about it. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> mind blowing yeah i think for me it was always yeah don't 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 have sex you don't have to have children you have time you're still young but then um i've got an older sister and she's she had she has all boys so three boys they're triplets they're twins twins and one boy and then when it came to her having her female her female her girl literally it was absolutely a struggle for her she waited a good three four years until she had um joanna my niece and she didn't have to go through all the you know talking to doctors but it's something that okay yes i've had children before i can have children again so for her it was like she was taken aback yeah secondary infertility is is actually quite common yeah it was really easy to have your first child and then they really struggle having the second yeah and and you're right people are shocked and they don't realize actually how common it is Mm -hmm. and that's the thing it's so easy then to feel alone. Yeah. 
yeah. and to feel like you've got the problem. And yeah. actually, this really is a universal problem. Yeah. Um, birth rate is declining in pretty much every single country. Um, and even the countries that still have a high birth rate are declining. That is declining. Wow. So there is no there is no country at the moment, as far as I know, um, who has an inclining uh, birth rate. Wow. I think, yeah, what I remember I've been talking about at school is that everyone can do it. Yeah. Like, it, there was just never any scepticism, mm. not even scepticism, but, like, talk about this is what could be impacting your fertile health or... Mm. Yeah, it was a very idealistic view of how when you want to have babies, this is how you're going to yeah. do it, and everything's going to be easy yeah. and it's quite greedy and like un un privileged. Quite, yeah, unprivileged of us because it's like I'm like I've always said I want my twins, I want two kids. That's all I want. I want twins, but I'm thinking, okay, cool. You do you want this? What are you doing to enable that yes. happens? Yeah, Hugh, I mean, honestly, could not have summed it up better. That is truly like yeah. hopefully the nut of this conversation yeah. we've just had, which is great if you want them, fantastic. If you don't want them, also fantastic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you want them, what are you doing to help yourself for as long as possible mm -hmm. to yeah. have them? Because the last thing I want women to be in is bad relationships. Yeah. Um, you know, and and and, and feeling compromised. Mm -hmm. Yeah just because they haven't thought about this earlier. Yeah. So that's why I just love the topic of fertility preservation, because to me, this is true empowerment of women. Yeah. yeah. And to sum that up, um, we asked our audience if they'd ever look into egg freezing and we had 67% say yes and 33% saying no. So. Which is a lot, 60% yeah. mm -hmm. is a lot of yeah. people and that's absolutely brilliant. Um, and th this is one thing I would love to say about egg freezing is that, don't get me wrong, it's a process. Mm -hmm. and um, But also I really hope people don't feel scared about it. Yeah. And I know a lot of people are terrified of needles, but I promise you, Ooh. you just get through it. Yeah. And um, I wrote an article um, about egg freezing and 10 things you should know. And the first one was really define your reasons for doing it. Because right. there are times you do feel a bit hormonal, you know, you're slightly crying for no reason. Um, and I really had to just go back to that list of why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. And then in the moments that you're like, oh, am I really putting this injection in me? You're like, no, I'm doing this for a reason. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky. Mm -hmm. I'm so lucky. We live in, you know, a world and a country that we can do this. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, if you, if egg freezing is accessible and also let's put political pressure on the government to yeah. make sure that this is more accessible for more, more people. Yeah. And we're going to have a general election coming up. What are they doing to help us either have fertility preservation treatment or help us economically yeah. have a child? Right. Because what are they doing for childcare? What are they doing right. to help, help us be able to raise the next generation yeah. and um and that's the thing is it's it's both right because yeah. if you are if you feel mentally ready to have a child younger then we should be supporting yeah. the people that want to do that that's true um so yeah so i think we can help each other by the way that we vote and the political yeah. pressure we put on 100%. richie sunak you heard it here first yeah. please and thank you thank you and please <laughs> <laughs> So we're now going to test our very own general knowledge around fertility. Okay. With the following questions. So how much does IVF cost in the UK? Okay. I was watching EastEnders and they were actually Classics. going... No, I love EastEnders, guys. Sorry. knowledge. But they are actually doing a storyline on um, fertility crisis. And right. I think Sonia is going through... Is it IVF? I think it is. Sure. Um, and it's around the grands, right? It should be Grands? Which one? Like... Maybe like, I'm, I'm gonna say like nine, eight, nine, eight, seven. Poppy, do you know? Is I do know. Um, well, I, I do know because I've gone through it, but the different clinics cost different amounts and medication also mm. costs right. quite a lot. So that's a lot of hidden costs in egg freezing, which you should be aware of. On the whole, for example, my egg freezing, the actual egg freezing cost 3,800 and then the cost of the medication was about 1,200 and then I had a couple of extra blood tests that cost so all in all it was you know we're coming just under 5k mm. but there are 
there are clinics that you can find which will try to keep it to be honest I don't think you can necessarily with medication I haven't yet to find a clinic that can yeah. necessarily do it under five that's but, wow that yeah. answer here yeah up to five grand so they were lying on these senders I'm pay- sure they weren't lying he, he paid no, around I, 10, well, 10 grand so IVF is different so this okay. is egg freezing IVF then gets the sperm yeah. and inseminates the egg outside of the body and, and then re-implants yeah. so that's why you are right oh. um this was just the yeah egg freezing and IVF. IVF is more expensive, right? Oof. Wow, but five five is expensive. 5, yeah, that's a lot of, and that's not f- that none of this is can be free on the NHS. Um, yes, it can be free on the oh. NHS. However, the you have to some of the um, requirements are quite tough for example mm. which i think the nhs needs to be changed it's absolutely ridiculous in my opinion how the nhs is structured in regards to this you have to have been trying for a child with a partner so you can't do anything just for out of like preservation if you're single so you've got to be having try you have to be trying uh for a year wow. you have to have your amh over a certain level so for example my amh was lower than what the nhs um w- would would agree to yeah um so i would have been classed as infertile on the nhs oh my god um and there's a couple of other requirements that they that they look for in order to pay for ivf Mm. um and also age you can't get it over a certain age so um yeah the nhs needs to be reformed when it comes Mm. to this interesting so how much does ivf cost in the usa oh i reckon it's gonna be way more wow so I just read the answer. Yeah. Oof. They're just pumping that stuff with inflation over yeah. there, aren't they? Maybe let's say 15 grand. It's something like 35 to 50. <gasps> You're joking. It says 15 to 30 grand dollars. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. I would say it's probably for IVF. Yeah, I would say it's more. Yeah. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. To grow mm. up in a country that's not free yeah. either. Mm. interesting okay that's crazy yeah how second question how common is infertility Mm. i know the answer so i'll let you go (laughs) okay okay i is it like a a percentage or how out of how many couples like one in oh one in oh i don't know maybe four out of ten couples are infertile no 40 percent 50? 50? <laughs> Way less? One in six. So oh, one in seven, okay. Though, but yeah, one in six will oh, experience wow. difficulty conceiving. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, okay, should I do mine? Yeah. yeah. Let's hear it. As a woman, when mm-hmm. does your fertility start to decline? Um, Isn't it like 27? No, don't say that because... I know. No, don't say that. I know. It can't be... Is it not like... Oh... Or, or something like your your eggs are the most ripe isn't the word, but tw- <laughs> <laughs> like tw- is it twenty seven when they're the most like fruitful and then I want to say oh my god that f- I'm I'm twenty nine. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I was gonna say twenty eight. Twenty seven sounds it's, it's very young. Well, I think I think before I looked into this, I thought it was gonna be like thirty, thirty two. Yeah, I don't think it is a, a or thirty five. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Probably. Well. Separately to the answer, your ovaries are the fastest aging organ in the body. Your fertility begins to decline in your late 20s. So you are right. And um, accelerates the decline after the age of 35. Mm. A healthy 30-year-old has a 20% chance compared to a 40-year-old who has a 5% chance of getting pregnant. Ooh, the that, jump. Yeah, but you saw that lady in Uganda the other day that had twins. Seven children. No, no, she had twins at like 72. Oh, yeah, 70. Oh, yeah, 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 I did actually. So I think we'll be all right. <laughs> yeah. That's the wrong thinking, isn't it? Do women's eggs eggs replenish? Rep- okay, what does replenish? Oh. Replenish? So, for example, once, let's say, an egg has been released in yeah. a menstrual cycle. Yeah. Can you get it back? No, once it's gone, it's gone, isn't it? No, surely it does. Once it's been released in the menstrual cycle. Oh, oh. Where do they go? <laughs> it comes out your body. No? Because that's the period, In your no? period, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Correct. Women are born with their lifetime supply of eggs already oh, in their good. ovaries. Yeah. So that's what, what, what I actually think is quite sweet, is that we have our grandmother's eggs, we have our mother's eggs... 
Yeah. Oh, I love that. Maternal line is really strong. Wow. Um, that is cute. Um, so yeah, women are born with their lifetime supply of eggs already in their ovaries, which starts to release from their first menstrual cycle. Wow. Which is actually, I don't think totally correct. I actually think you start, you release, you release eggs all this basically since you're since you're born, born you're, by yeah. the time puberty starts you've already lost half your eggs right mm. interesting um when should you consider freezing your eggs as soon as possible and when you're ready oh yeah I didn't, is, there, <laughs> yeah. is there an age limit no no and the answer it says here is in your 20s or early 30s but oh. you're right it's just when you're ready and um wow yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I've got a couple here. True or false? Hanging upside down for twenty minutes after sex helps sperm reach your egg. I've seen J Lo do it in a film, so obviously stupid mind would have assumed yes. But definitely no. It's false. So false, we'll say. Yeah. You know what? It's so funny because <laughs> I have heard both answers. Yeah. I've heard. I've read. Oh, that's such a myth. And then I've had so many women say do it so i actually think that sometimes science isn't always right so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with like you know good old elderly advice yes. that says <laughs> it's true and say it's right yeah well it says false here but i'm gonna go with the same thing as you're saying yeah. seen it in film so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> also it can't it can't you know it's not gonna damage you no no, no. um okay true or false masturbating lowers a man's fertility absolutely false increases it Really? Yeah. Men need to masturbate. Oh. So do women. That's really? Yeah. Does it help women's as well? Yeah. Get busy later, Miss Christy. <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah, it's really healthy to masturbate. That's really interesting. Mm. What's the science behind that? You're just stimulating the hormones. Right. Yeah, I Give think it a kick. I mean, I, I was thinking that. I mean, imagine that, again, we'd probably have to ask a doctor, but from my kind of a general common sense point of view, uh, masturbating reduces cortisol. Right. And mm. it's relaxing. And so anything that we can do to kind of reduce cortisol is going to mm. be good. Um, and I think, I don't, I you know what? We're going to have to look into the exact reason, but uh, we just need to get it all active down there, don't we? Mm -hmm. Makes sense, makes sense. Um, when was the first IVF baby born? <gasps> oh, I reckon the 90s. Oh, this is, um, you know what? I actually read an article about <laughs> the, because she just recently gave an interview. Um, I think you're right. I would like to say something like 98, but. I can see it like on the front of OK Magazine. Hello, <laughs> just like photo shoot. Well, guys, the first baby born with IVF was July 1978. Oh, In what? Oldham, Northwest England. 78? 1978. God, we were way off. <laughs> yeah. Wowza. I don't think OK right? Magazine existed back then. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, because the woman looked old in the interview. Like, <laughs> oh. I, I'm born in the I'm born 1990, so I'm like, mm. Stefan wasn't younger than me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. True or false? Adoption was thought to be a cure for infertility. That doesn't even make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. That's false. It's not a cure. It says here, in the mid 20th century, some doctors thought that adoption was a cure for infertility. They believed it to be psychosomatic. So having a child to mother would relax and cure them. Oh. Wow. Oh, so it's a, I guess the same thought around having a stress-free stress -free lifestyle. Stress-free, reproductive Or system. do you think they were like activating their maternal instincts oh, or some maybe. sort of, yeah. yeah. That's very hmm. interesting. Very strange. Ooh. Wow. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Wow, I'm just, I'm quiet because I'm thinking... And I'm yeah. thinking about the steps that I've got to take for myself. So I really appreciate the conversation that we've had today. And for those that are listening, please take the responsibility yeah. to look after your reproductive system. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any leaving words, anything? I think you summed that up really well, <laughs> yeah. which is, 
yeah, let's take responsibility to understand our reproductive health, mm-hmm. understand our ovary health, mm-hmm. and um, and also know that we're all different. So don't panic because you could be listening to this and be absolutely fine. Yeah. And you could be the most fertile person in the world. So um, don't assume that my story may have any re- relevance to your story. That sure. mm. it's one of those things that it's great to know and then you can relax yourself. Um, and uh, and also know that, you know, I, I spoke about fasting, but again, all bodies are different. Yeah. So people could really respond well to fasting. I guess my main message is just know that we are so individual. So don't listen to a TikTok video or don't listen to a podcast mm-hmm. or don't read a, something yeah. online. And just assume that that wellness advice should be applied to yourself. Yeah. Um, just take the initiative to know that your body is very different to everybody else's. Knowledge, yeah. is, power. Knowledge is power. Yeah. And could you also just like drop where's the best place to search for like more information? Like, is there any like websites or like sites you would uh, recommend for anybody listening? There is, I believe, a national kind of egg freezing. Uh, organization that will validate clinics so really research if you are interested make sure you do your due diligence on the clinic you go to not all clinics are the same Mm -hmm. so look at success rates look at doctors really do your homework as to where you would go for this there are um um there are uh, more cost-effective tests on the market now Mm -hmm. and and also know that those tests are a snapshot in time. And so like I've experienced, I have changed my lifestyle. I've changed the way I exercise. And I've now seen my AMH increase, mm-hmm. um, which look, I don't know if this is gonna affect my fertility because I'm not trying for a child, um, but I'm happy to clearly be living a more reproductive kind of yeah. healthy uh, lifestyle mm-hmm. now that I know this information. Um, but yes, Hertility um, is a great company and there are there are kind of various others. So look at the reviews and just 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 do your homework. Don't take anything at face value. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today, Poppy. It's been amazing. Loved it. Yeah. Well, thanks and no, sorry. <laughs> and we will see you guys next week for another episode of Tearful. Thanks for joining us. Woo!